Hello, and welcome to episode 90 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. That's right. We're regular dudes drinking some irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering, and in particular, their online client, MTG Arena. Yeah, that's right. Um, I know I said weekly. As I was saying that, I was realizing it. I, it's just written down that way. <laughs> Wait, it's a little bit less weekly now. Um, I got a bit busy. I was shooting a movie uh, over the last three weeks, so apologies for for not getting episodes out. Um, so I think from here on out, we'll we'll get them when we can. But uh, schedules may be crazy, so um, be prepared for that. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, each episode we bring a beer, we drink Jeff's, then drink mine, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? Okay, this week we have an American pale ale by the name of Sky Bison from Long Slice Brewery. It's 5%, and uh, I liked the little blurb on the side. It said our first beer brewed on our brick and mortar brewing system originally as a test batch we loved the resulting spear so much that we decided to keep brewing it um thought that was kind of fun but the main reason the main reason i brought this one is twofold the first is that i don't know what the difference between a bison and buffalo is okay second was in honor of celebrating the buffalo bills victory now, it comes with a little asterisk because I bought this before the Bills game. And those of you listening in the future will know that the Bills did not win. So um, I still wanted to bring this forward uh, as my beer of choice for the week. But uh, yeah, my reasons kind of fell apart there at the end. Yeah, that's a bit rough. Um uh, and everyone should also know that Jeff and I are in a fantasy league, a uh, fantasy football league together, and we are actually playing against each other this week. Um, and the final game is happening at this moment. So uh, we will know by the end of this episode who wins the week. Um, but this isn't really about that, um, though it might be because uh, we might talk <laughs> about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not looking good for me. So <laughs> uh, anyway, we have some magic news. Main thing, and it's the topic of this episode, is we just had the first arena championship this last weekend, September 24th and 25th. Uh, yay. We've been kind of waiting for this uh, as far as like when they had announced the new like play system back in May or whenever it was. Um, this was a really exciting event to be like, once a year, we're going to have a big arena championship. Uh, it's with 32 players. They come in, they battle out uh, for, for spots at Worlds and Pro Tours and money. I don't know. I, I feel like we should just jump right into talking about it because that's what the whole episode is going to be about. We're just going to be kind of decompressing over the weekend. Um, but uh, Jeff, do you want to give just a little overview of like what what happened what not what happened this weekend but like what was the structure basically um going into this tournament sure yeah it's crazy to think this was in may so long ago mm -hmm. um that it was announced or whatever yeah uh, so for starters this is sort of like an old school format a little different than what they've been doing more recently mm -hmm. um so the first three rounds of this event were draft so they split the 32 players into four pods of eight. Um, they all did a draft, and they played three rounds, sort of like a standard uh, eight-man pod draft. 
uh, of Dominaria, Dominaria United. And then the rest of the event was alchemy constructed. And it's worth noting that the top eight, again, was a little different than if you've tuned into some digital events uh, in the past, where like it was a double elimination system that they had for a while. This top eight was, again, just a lot more like traditional, um, just like quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. And I believe the finals was like best two out of three uh, mm-hmm. matches. Um, so a little more weight given to the finals there, but, uh, otherwise like kind of like old school pro tour format where they're, they started with draft, then they played constructed and then day two, like just blends into the top eight and the top eight is just each round is do or die. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm kind of new to that. I wasn't paying attention as much around, um, the uh some of the paper tournaments and so i've been watching a lot of these other ones and i i liked it i i i thought that um being able to do well first of all when we had worlds last year uh draft and the constructed is so awesome i really want to keep that around i'm i'm a huge fan of like Mm -hmm. having limited be a part of magic and, and be a really big part of magic so um i'm very happy to it's also a nice way to start a tournament where it's like um if you don't know the constructed format, you can just like watch people draft and then you hear a lot about the draft format and then you can see how the games play out, um, which is really cool. And I, I want to keep that up. Uh, so kind of, I'm, I'm happy that that's what the structure was, um, except for uh, the constructed format was not necessarily what I was hoping it was going to be. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, they had announced this a few weeks ago. I don't think we've talked. We, I don't think we've had an episode since they announced it was going to be alchemy. Um, what were, okay, yeah. what were your thoughts when you first heard it was alchemy? So before jumping into that, I just want to mm-hmm. ag- agree with you that I really like this old school format style, um, having draft and constructed mixed, especially when it's an event that's supposed to be like the best arena player, uh, I think makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, arena draft is just as big, if not bigger, if you listen to our collection building episodes, just as big a part of arena as constructed is. So, mm-hmm. um, I almost would have liked to see two them squeeze two drafts in. Um, but I understand that on day two, like the draft got kind of kicked away. So they had time for the top eight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would it'd be nice because the old school pro tours were, both days started with a draft and then mm. the rest of the day was constructed. And I think that would have been cool to bring back here. Um, but I'm glad they got at least one draft in. Uh, yeah. As far as the constructed being alchemy, no, I did not expect that. I was pretty surprised. So on the one hand, I understand that like wizards made a bet. They made a bet with alchemy And so they kind of have to support it. Um, Like, they want to get it out there. They want people to play it. On the other hand, it's like the timing is so... Like, it goes completely against what alchemy is. Like, the idea of alchemy is, okay, once standard gets stagnant and stale, um, you can turn to alchemy where we can be constantly fine-tuning cards. You know, the, the format will have diverged from standard... And, you know, now you get sort of 
double the fun. When standard's good, you get standard. When standard's not good, you get alchemy. So to do it at when standard is literally at its most exciting, right after rotation, is insane to me. Yeah. Like, standard, this is like peak standard. Exactly. Absolute peak. And I don't, <laughs> like, I know people are complaining about whatever standard because there's certain colors that are overrepresented, but... What I don't understand did, is... Did alchemy look like it fixed that? <laughs> no. And it's and it's like the big... The, the thing for me is that I think you're right is where um, alchemy was presented to us as if it was going to be this thing that would... Uh, if standard's bad, we can play alchemy and, and vice versa. But that's not exactly how it's being used. It's being used as a, just a separate format that has different cards because they put out different cards for each set... And they recently put out a huge set in the summer that's all alchemy. And a lot of those cards were represented in these decks, which makes sense because they're a huge part of the alchemy meta. But yeah, like you're saying, I don't see why we didn't play standard when... Sorry, we. Why didn't they play standard when we yeah. were so close to, to rotation, which is so fun. And we don't even have the new alchemy cards for Dominaria United yet, which is going to come out, what, like this week or... They usually come out like a month after the set releases, so I yeah, oh man, I didn't even think of that. It's just it's just classic wizards, right? Like brand new cards are coming out for the format, but our big tournament happens right the week before without the new cards. It's it yeah. now. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about this, and I I feel like I have a lot of things to say, <laughs> but I also was not extremely present for a lot of this, but I've read a bit about it and was doing best to, uh, to research some of these things. But, um, I'm fairly upset with like everything that happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe, yeah. okay. Not there's, there's a lot to, to, to talk about. Yeah. Um, but as far as the format choice goes, like, like we basically were saying, okay, they want to show off alchemy. Sure. Right having alchemy in a big tournament, I don't think in and of itself is a problem. No, it's just the timing. Like you want me to be excited about alchemy. You should make an alchemy tournament when standard is boring. And then alchemy is so different from standard. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like I've been playing standard. It's always the same stuff. It's, it's getting dull. And then there's this big alchemy tournament. I watch that and I'm like, Whoa, those decks look cool. That's different from what I'm seeing in standard. Like, that's how you that's how you build like excitement for this format. Yeah, well instead they chose when standard is most exciting and during a time when the decks that are dominant like both formats are dominated by Esper. So it's like and there's like it, the alchemy deck is basically the standard deck. Well, it used to be. Now it's it's actually quite different, but it's still just like Esper mid-range, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like Okay, so you chose to show off alchemy at a time when it's not it's not meaningfully different from standard in terms of like the types of decks that are seeing play, nor and like standard is is going through the biggest change and like it's most exciting and people want to know what to play in standard. It's just like the timing is not only wrong but like exactly opposite to what they should have done, in my which like is the worst possible timing always the case this happens again and again and again we get this constantly i think the best alchemy tournament we had was the one last year where um uh Ely Cassis won because uh, that was the most mm -hmm. exciting because it had like 
come out, I don't know, a couple months before that, but they had just done the first rebalances and dungeon mechanic actually was worth playing. And that was really exciting, right? It was a weird one. It was a weird tournament, but it was like, this makes sense that you would do this because we're in this weird period and um, we get to see... And that got me hyped for alchemy. Yeah, and I actually went and crafted that deck and played it, which seemed awesome. Um, This one, I... I didn't feel that way. I was I was kind of like, oh, it's a lot of these cards from Baldur's Gate, and uh, there are some things from from Dominaria United, but I guess I'll just play standard if I really want to play with those. Like that's that's mainly what I was thinking. Um, so I, I'm continually confused by why they're making these choices, but at the same time, I know it's because they want to showcase Arena for the arena championship. So they have to play an arena only format. I think that's the biggest thing that they're trying to get at. Right. So they're saying, Oh, it ha- yeah. has to be alchemy or historic have to be part of it. Cause it's arena and we're already doing draft, which isn't arena specific. So let's pick one of the other arena things. Uh, let's go with alchemy. And I totally get that, but you know, like, and sometimes they can't, they have to make these decisions fairly far in advance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's going to be on this date, it's going to be alchemy, and then, oh, standard suddenly gets solved, and maybe they didn't know that, and they, they made it a standard tournament. That sucks. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one was avoidable. Like, if you want it to be alchemy, don't schedule the tournament, like, a couple weeks after rotation for standard. Exactly. Like, you, there was no reason that the tournament had to be this weekend. So it feels like they scheduled the tournament way in advance and then really like a few weeks ago, we're like, oh, well, it's got to be an arena only format. They didn't think of that when they were scheduling it. They didn't think of how it's going to be alchemy a few weeks after standard rotation. So then so the other idea, though, um, do we know what the formats are for Worlds yet? Because Worlds is like Halloween weekend. It's at like Magic 30, right? Is that right? I think so. Yeah. and that's yeah, that sounds right. And that's before the Brothers War comes out, and so if we, so I don't know what those formats are going to be. Does this mean that they're trying to have standard be one of the formats for Worlds? Maybe they're they're saying, oh, could be. Let's not have a big tournament that's that's standard a month before our World Championship, which is going to be that same format. Let's change it. Uh, Worlds takes precedent. Um, though even by that point, maybe a different format for Worlds would be more interesting. I don't know. Um, I don't know. And I think Worlds is going to be <clears throat> in person. So maybe they'll pick Pioneer or, or something else. I'm not sure. But um, I'm wondering if, if Pioneer or Explorer would factor into it somehow. But it, I, uh, I mean, that's the other thing. If you want it to be an arena-only format, Explorer would have been a good choice. Yeah, everyone is hyped on that. Like, that's what I see most of the time people are posting deck lists about either standard or explore. I see a lot less of other formats mm-hmm. um, or draft decks. Like that's, those are the big things that I see at least. I, I'm sh- I know there's other people out there. I know we're in o- arena only podcast, so we should be hyping the other ones, but it's difficult when I don't know. It, it, you tell us if you are out there listening, being like, Hey, I think it should have been alchemy and you're all wrong. And that's my favorite format. Please find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Arena Regulars and tell us that because um, nobody does. I, I don't have any. No one has ever told me that. So, yeah, I wonder how the players felt about it. They're like, man, now I got to play Alchemy for a couple of months. Exactly. 
I don't even think they had that much time though. I think it was like a few weeks, maybe two or three. So it was. It, I think it was like three, two to three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm kind of okay with. I know pros like to complain that they give you the formats like too late, but uh, I don't know. Like, were you really going to be practicing for two months? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would prefer to see a, a deck that you practice for two weeks then it's a lot more interesting i think you know some deck that you've mastered over three months yeah i mean like it's gonna come with the same deck yeah if i was in the tournament i would want more time but i i also don't but as like a viewer yeah i I think two weeks is totally has led to a pretty solid viewing experience where there's a host of decks someone has brought something wacky because they didn't have that much time and they're mm-hmm. like I, I gotta just bring something crazy like that <laughs> stuff doesn't happen when team there are you know super teams that work for three months on a format it's like that's true that's true anyway so that's that's yeah. kind of our gripes as far as like alchemy goes um there are more yes it is it, not the end of our griping it's, it isn't <laughs> um but the the beginning of the bolting of my bird is the alchemy decision um, which was a while ago. All right, Jeff, should we go good news, bad news? What it's, should we do? What, how, how do we want to go about this? We could try to alternate, but I don't know how long we'll be able to... Well, we started Mm-mm. with bad news, so maybe we can start and end on bad news and sandwich the good news in between. All right. Um, the good news is I really like... We already talked about this, that draft was a part of it. But once again... Um, so my viewing experience was I got I was working on Sunday, and even if I wasn't working, I would have been watching football. So I probably would not have been watching the tournament anyway. Um, but <laughs> uh, on Saturday, I did get to watch a couple matches, which was nice, and uh, and see some of the draft stuff, which is what I was most excited for. So I was really happy that I was able to do that, um, and that was really exciting because I have been playing a you know. The main format I've been playing is draft because it's the beginning of a set and uh, being able to see, you know, all these really great players uh, draft and play their decks. uh, That was exciting to me being like, that's really the pick you're going to do or wow, you're sacrificing that creature that I think is way more important than you do. And then I get to watch them either. That's a good decision or a bad decision, all those kinds of things. So that was uh, that was exciting for me. And I'm I'm just going to continue saying draft was awesome. Draft is always awesome. I love it. It might foreshadow our next uh, topic a little bit, I guess. But I tried to watch the draft portion Mm -hmm. Um, for various reasons. I found it unwatchable. But this is the good news section. So um, (laughs) I will keep keep talking about draft. I, I watched a bit of the draft. I thought it was really interesting that, like you said, the players aren't doing the same thing I would do. Um, I think I've developed a really strong like bias towards being aggro in this format, and the pros did not seem to show that bias at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, that that card's there!" And they're like, "That they're taking like the stupid plant wall that gets you." Alive. I'm like, "What? That that's good." And the announcers are talking about how they're lots of late plant wall. You got four of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, now the the player that we watched draft all those plant walls went oh three in the draft unfortunately mm-hmm. so I still don't know if I'm wrong or if like uh, if they're wrong that the plant wall is that like an eighth a seventh pick stupid plant wall is not super late as like Cedric said or whatever but 
Yeah. Um, it was definitely interesting because the, the two drafts that I was able to watch, very, very different than I would have navigated either of them. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. Um, and, you know, there's some amount of, like, you know you're playing against other top-tier players, so different strategies become more or less uh, viable. Like, I think you do probably get some extra win percentage from aggro decks by taking advantage of opponents that don't build their decks quite optimally. So they are a little more prone to stumbling or they're a little more prone to like not being able to claw their way back in, which obviously when you're against the best players, they will, you know, they'll, their mana, their curve will be perfect and their mana will be the right mana for their deck. And Mm -hmm. so they'll stumble less. So, you know, naturally aggro becomes less favorable, but, uh, I still think that a, a couple of those drafts could have gone towards a white aggro deck. Um, so it's it's I love formats where it can reasonably go in in both ways and like not one way isn't correct. You know, it's just like you show your preferences kind of when you draft. Yeah, the the drafts where there's a I don't know force pick lightning strike and they're not even looking at it. <laughs> and you're like, I know <laughs> what. <laughs> I'm like that's that's a sign. <laughs> what don't to I me. understand? Am I doing something wrong? Because I thought that that was a clear sign. Oh, red's open. Nope, don't even give a shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm like driving mono red if I see that. <laughs> yeah, um, You're like clearly nobody's red. So. Yeah, it's like yeah, I gotta go for this. Um, but what you alluded to, I think it's probably a good time because it, it makes sense as far as the the timeline of the weekend. The uh, technical issues this weekend were is it fair to say the worst that they have been it's the worst i've ever seen in uh, i'm usually like you know what technical issues whatever i'm pretty like pretty lenient or like accepting i guess of those kinds of things i genuinely found this there was a point where i found it unwatchable yeah um and it was a lot of audio stuff uh i mean like you know, Jeff and I have had our own fair share of technical issues with the podcast, yeah. <laughs> so um, we are familiar with... Literally, as we speak, my camera is blurry as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not, like, amazing at this, um, but we also don't have a lot of money, and it's not our job. So uh, yeah. the the fact that when I was going back and re-watching the, uh, the VODs, and I just had to turn off the sound because I could not handle listening to two people talk who couldn't hear each other, you know, or they're, they're yeah. glitching out and like nothing makes sense. And the, the video seems okay. So I'll just like not listen to commentary and just have it silent was better. Uh, because wow, there was a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think the word unwatchable is, uh, is correct. And like up to that point before the audio issues started kicking in, it wasn't like working properly. No. I mean, it was at like, you know, you know, I don't even know what the resolution was, but it felt like it was like 240p or something. Like, you know, if if you were a new player who didn't know what the cards were from a blurry blurry outline of the card, then you would be out to lunch. Yeah. Which I think is like you know, a lot of people are like, oh, whatever, the cards are a little blurry. It's like, it's a big deal if you don't know, if you don't draft a lot and don't know what every card does. Like, yeah, it's a big deal. That makes it really hard to follow. Yeah, and it's a big deal when you're starting to play Alchemy where 
I don't remember all the changes that they've done because they've done changes. I don't know. And yeah. if I can't read the card or I can't mouse over the card, none of that stuff works. Uh, the Discord channel is, um, they're jumping out and we're seeing split screens randomly. Um, all that stuff. It it was, you know, shout out to the commentators for, for doing a good job of trying to keep it together because I could see that being really difficult. Um, and it's not all of their faults, really. There's a lot of other moving parts, but... It's it's something we've complained about for every single tournament that they've had through all the league weekends through <laughs> through every tournament we've ever talked about. There's always been some issues, um, and it's always kind of the worry of is this going to be bad or is it going to be okay? This one was was very bad. Um, yeah. So uh, and like one of the things I I wanted to bring up that I noticed. So the first player that we. We're talking about that we saw draft. Um, you know, they always start with the player that you watch draft. So it was Jason uh, Yi, mm-hmm. and we watched them in their first match. And they had the cameras up, and so you could see Jason in, in their camera. <clears throat> but it was pretty clear from their camera that they were on a couch. And so I'm thinking, okay, so this person, like they're streaming from like a MacBook. Or from a, a whatever it might not be a MacBook, it might be an, an HP mm-hmm. Elite book or whatever. It's a laptop because they're sitting on their couch, and uh, then Wizards is restreaming this person's laptop stream from Discord through Twitch. It was already a bit buggy when they used to do that for MPL members that literally was in their contract. They had to stream, so they needed a stream capable computer. Now we have like arena players because it's just the arena championship. Arena players who happen to qualify, um, and it's, not, it's nothing against Jason. I'm just saying, like you know, Jason plays from their laptop, expecting yeah. um, you know a MacBook, even a top end MacBook, to stream through Discord and then pick up that stream and stream it. Of course, the resolution is going to be terrible. <laughs> like it's just starting all of the like lazy decisions they made in, in production for we'll just restream through discord. And because, you know, like that was already an issue and it's just getting compounded by the fact that you no longer, you're basically not requiring that people have really good internet connections and really good computers now, which the MPL uh, was kind of forced to have that because they had to stream for their contracts. Yeah, and and uh, I actually noticed that I'm I'm fairly certain it was a MacBook. Uh, this is no shit against MacBooks. I have one, um, but mm-hmm. uh, with Arena specifically, actually, this is something I've never talked about. But um, since they gave us it, a recent update, uh, we weren't able to do full screen for a long time. But now, if you're in full, screen, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so if you're in full screen now, it actually cuts off the edges. Both edges are kind of shaved. So if you have pets and things, ah. you can't see them. But it also hurts you if you mouse over a card. It flips to the side. You only see half the card. So if you want to make sure you can actually see everything on the <laughs> battlefield, you have to not be in full screen. And so you can ha- you have the little tab thing that shows you the top bar that has like the, the red X and the, the green minimize or whatever. And that was on Jason's on their screen. And you could see it on the broadcast and i was like that's got to be a macbook because i have to do that because i can't see cards otherwise and it's uh 
Yeah, it's you know all the the inside secrets. Yeah, so there you go. If you are on a MacBook or a Mac computer and having a problem with uh, with seeing your whole board, um, you have to get out of the full full screen. I'm sorry. Um, yes, so that's really frustrating. And all of you just know. I mean, I know we're shitting on this, and we might this this might be a shit train episode. I don't know, but um, it's just because we have such high hopes. Like, how amazing would it be? Again, bringing it back to football. If we could have eight, the quad, quad, octo box, that's what it is. Octo boxes out where we can see every single person drafting at the same time. And you have a couple people explaining what's going on and what just happened. And that pick went through these players who are these colors and, and blah, 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 blah. And oh no, these people were having problems over here because they're both picking the same colors. That would be so exciting. And being able to go back and reverse and, and do some of that stuff. Obviously, it's it's a little bit more palatable when we're, you know, watching someone draft as we would draft and watching their picks and all that. But I do think it would be really exciting because it's the only time you can see a whole table. Like, there's no other time you'd be able to watch every single player draft everything at the exact same time. If you And we do have the capable... Well, okay, never mind. Wizards does not have the capabilities to do this, but it's possible they could get there, but at the right. moment they can't. And other games have stuff like this. That's the other thing that's frustrating too. It's like it's just a clear decision from Wizards not to invest uh, in this aspect, which is fine. It's their decision to make, I guess. But it's like I just don't understand the like half-assed tournaments where I tune in. I'm a fan. I want to watch. I set some time aside, and I just like can't watch it because you, you know you're bringing up football. It's like imagine if the Super Bowl was like blurry you could not see the players numbers like you you couldn't read the players numbers from your video um whenever like a things get moving too fast too many players move it freezes mm-hmm. uh and the announcers can't talk to each other and their audio cuts in and out that what would... the hell would that was that like obviously the super bowl is a completely different production and, and like the level of money that that's being generated is completely different, but like that's essentially what's happening. This is the arena championship. Exactly, it's like the big tournament that you know. The it's the dream you're selling to competitive arena players, and it's like we can't even be bothered to get you a video quality where you can read the name of the card. Like yeah, you can't see the players' numbers. Like yeah, it's <laughs> come on. In in. These are things that, like, even talking about, like, you're talking about the Super Bowl. I'm saying every single football game in every single place, no matter where, if it's in Mexico or you're in London or it's, uh, you know, they're retranslating it into Spanish or French or whatever, they don't have problems. <laughs> they don't have problems. They figure <laughs> it out. If you're, if you're competing with these kinds of things and you want people to be watching this and care, you have to care. And it just continually feels like they don't and it's it just makes me sad um but it comes from a place of like i'm not i want it to get better and i've always wanted it to get better um and it just makes and i want to tune in and i want to be excited about it but it makes it really hard when like you said you sit down you try to watch it and then you just you got to turn it off because it's not like you got to turn it off because you have to go to dinner or you turn it off because you have other plans it's you turned off because it's not worth watching, and that's right. That's really and, and the you lose the chat too. Not mm-hmm. that you know Twitch chat's the best thing ever, but it's like 
it's literally 100% of the chat is, is it super blurry for anyone else? And, they're, and they were going <laughs> in and deleting <laughs> all those messages. They were like, anyone who yeah. was asking, like, just authentically asking, like, is there problems? Like, what's going on? Like, they would go in and delete all of those so people weren't thinking that there were problems. Like, come on. Anyway. If I logged into, like, a magic stream from magic, right, and it was as blurry as it was, you know, it was like 300 P or whatever. And mm-hmm. I can't read anything. I would assume it's on my end. So I'd right. be like trying to fix it. And I'd be like, Hey, is, is it blurry for anyone else? Mm-hmm. And then the answer is like, yes, it's blurry for everyone. Yeah. It's just the stream. <laughs> but I wouldn't even think that that's an option when like the developer, this like big name developer of the game is producing this stream. You know, like if I went to a Riot stream for any single one of their games, if it was blurry, I would know it was me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like it was my internet. That's really the big competitors. Like watching any League of Legends like tournament is so much more exciting. I don't even understand League of Legends. Like barely. I, I don't even know what's happening, but I'm more hyped than for the game that I play the most. And it gives <laughs> me, yeah, it gives me energy and I want to learn. Magic, mm-hmm. these it hasn't really been, you know. So, and and it, I understand that the games are different, and I, we've talked about this before. So I don't want to harp on it too much. That sometimes Magic feels a little bit more like you're watching golf or like chess or something, um, where like somebody wins before it looks like they've won, you know, uh, compared to other games. But uh, so maybe the streaming and the the whole like. I don't know, uh, fanfare of it isn't as exciting, but you, you still have to be able to read it and watch it. And I don't know. Anyway. That, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand League of Legends that well, but I, it's definitely has a similar aspect where a team has won without actually destroying the other teams like home base or whatever. It's like, true. The game gets to a point where it's over. I guess you can just like... It's just how almost every game works. Yeah, you can just see like... I think it's easier to see when there's a big battle or something and you see all the people survive or whatever or die. And you're like, oh shit, there's a team kill. It's a little bit easier to see than, oh, this person's oh, yeah. two for one in three turns will become the reason why they won, you know? Yeah. Um, there's also like in games like that, the games that are quote unquote non-games where one mm-hmm. team just like steamrolls the other... It's because the other team did something awesome. Like, the team that steamrolled did something awesome. Mm-hmm. Magic has a lot of, like, non-games that weren't because of... Weren't really anyone's fault. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, because it's, of great plays either. It wasn't like... It was yeah. just like, that was just a non-game. That sucks. It's a non-game because of variance. And that happens. Um, right. Which is something you accept by playing Magic. Because there's no way around it. Um, yeah, but uh, and luckily Arena does help us a little bit. You know, they smooth things out. I guess not in th- best of three though. But um, if you believe Twitch chat, then yeah. the shuffler is actually rigged. So that's yeah. true. That's true. It is rigged. Um, yeah. uh, it's rigged against the Twitch chat user that is mm-hmm. commenting. They do keep track of that. You know how they were going and deleting all the other ones? Well, they write down everybody else's names. And then they, they cross-reference it yeah. with your arena. That's why I, I wrote, like, great stream exclamation point, like, ten times. Yeah, they, didn't they? get some good draws. They gave you, like, 10,000 gems, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm loaded now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what, a, what great picture quality. Oh. 
But I would have. It was very difficult. Actually, I had to write it in such a way that it was clear I wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah, that's difficult. Very difficult to do. Yeah, yeah I got one. Um, I I knew that this was tricky once, but Amy the Amazonian was uh, uh, commenting one of them, uh, and I I really like Amy and I like her streams a lot. They're a lot of fun, and uh, she was wearing a blazer that had flames on it, like actual flames, and so I wrote Amy. Uh, is and then I put fire emojis and then they got rid of it because mm -hmm. they were thinking that I was saying that I don't know something about her looks but I was like no she literally has yeah. a jacket that is on fire anyway um but Come on, uh, Zach. I know I'm 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 horrible <laughs> I needed to put a jacket emoji. I I know. See, I Amy need... jacket fire. Amy jacket fire. See, I should have I should have uh, asked you first because uh, I would have been able to uh, figure that out. Um. Anyway, uh, that felt good. You know, I've been I've been holding that in. Sometimes you need to 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 let out a little bit of uh, frustrations. <laughs> um, I feel like that's some, that's some aggressive moderation too, because like. If you had said that about any others, like any streamer, how many times would they assume you're commenting on their looks and not just saying they're fire? You know yeah. What I, mean? like, uh, I feel like that comment's innocuous enough that you could let it go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but oh well. I, I as I was writing it, I was like, eh, maybe they won't like this and whatever. Doesn't really matter. <sighs> but. Um, <laughs> All right, so I have more grievances. Fuck, I forgot about one. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to? Uh, do we want to go on a beer break before we go to the next bit? Because or <laughs> I was going to say we have to talk about something good before we talk about another grievance. Okay, but uh, let's, the let's... good thing I want to talk about we can take some actual time on. So uh, let's let's go to that beer break. Yeah. All right, let's go to a beer break then, and we'll we'll come back with some good news. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by listening. But if you want to support the show even more, the Patreon is the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by clicking that big old button that says buy Jeff a beer. Or picking the button that says buy Zach a beer. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host. Or if you prefer beer emojis to actual beers then you can find some of those over on our discord all right jeff i got a, I got a beer for us okay it is called after all that complaining i need a nice cold beer so yeah um so this one is called Coastal Wave. It's from Lost Craft Brewing Company. It's an IPA and it's 6%. But the reason it's called Coastal Wave is because it's a combination between East Coast and West Coast IPAs. So they're looking for a hoppy bite of grapefruit and pine. So it's going to be kind of hazy, kind of juicy, but also kind of, you know, other hoppy flavors. Um, so we'll see... Uh, We'll see if this uh, kind of, I don't know, lives up to the hype. If we can distinguish both. I don't know. Yeah. I well, can get behind this. Yeah. I like the idea. I like the idea of a lot of things right. in this it episode. It sounds nice. <laughs> um, yeah. will, it, will it deliver? <laughs> no, some know. of the ideas just weren't, weren't good. You know, it's not always just the execution is poor. That's true. That's true. Um, 
With that, let's dive right back into the Arena Championship with more things I'm, I'm upset about. Just kidding. It's not going to be all uh, <laughs> things I'm upset about, but uh, fairly close. Um, so, uh, where, should, where should we start going into the alchemy portion of this tournament? We could, we could sort of break down the metagame a little bit. Um, basically, so it's a small tournament. That's one thing <clears throat> to remember. It's like, sometimes you get the this data back and you're like, oh, wow, that's, you know, crazy. Shocking. But these yeah. small tournaments tend to be that way. Um, but the biggest player in this tournament is Esper midrange. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be... That would come to no surprise to the, you know, the one of you that has been playing Alchemy consistently. Um, from my perspective, it was kind of like I haven't played in months. And then I tune back in and it's the same deck <laughs> that's the best. Um, which, again, is sort of antithetical to like what I understood Alchemy to be about. Um, but that's where we are. Yeah. And I think that we, we I think for my own sanity need to break whatever I thought alchemy was supposed to be and just kind of accept it for what it is because what it is is not what I had thought originally because this is the deck that was really exciting during Nuka Pena this it's it's added a couple cards through um Baldur's Gate but like it's it's all it's just the same like as far as like Esper goes um there, we did add like the Callum uh, Jin guy that we had talked about whenever that card came out, how it was going to be like a main staple in that deck. And it is. And the whole format uh, has it all around it. But um, anyway, I, I need to stop yeah. thinking of alchemy as, as something that's like standard but fixed or changed. And it's more its own thing, I really think, at least in my mind. Yeah, with every like alchemy additional set being as powerful as they are, it's mm-hmm. pushing that way. I think the thing I missed, or maybe not missed, but like underappreciated, um, was the what were we calling them? Six sided cards. Yeah. Um, uh, the strength of those in the Esper deck. So basically, you know, if you haven't tuned into alchemy for a while. Um, the reason Esper is so, so good is basically a single card called Diviner of Fates. Um, they release our, what was this like? This is New I don't Capena. remember when this card was. I think it was New Capena mm-hmm. uh, Alchemy. Yeah, right. Um, but basically it makes all of your discards like loots, but super loots because they get back the same type of cards. You'll never like loot in. You, you pretty much don't loot into something worse. You just loot into something equivalent or often the same. And so what I didn't realize, these six-sided cards, discarding is part of the cost of specializing. And so when you have Diviner of Fates, it's just like cheating. Um, and then they, of course, they printed Liliana and like Liliana's super busted when you have Diviner of Fates because your opponent discards and you, I guess it's rummage, not loot, but whatever it's like yeah yeah. that's a really unbelievably powerful plus one for a three mana planeswalker you discard and i loot like that's crazy um and like basically it's discard tribal and Mm -hmm. uh it's extremely good and all of the cards like stand up on their own 
even without Diviner of Fates, and then the deck just goes into overdrive, and if they have a Diviner of Fates, they just never, ever run out of gas and actually, like, generate more gas by doing things they would do anyways. Like, the Kaleem you're mentioning, uh, again, wants you to discard, and with Diviner, it's just, like, kind of stupid, so... yeah. It's like instant speed and diviner only lets you do it once a turn, but you can do it on your opponent's turn. So, um, yeah, it's just like when you watch the deck play out, it's, it's not surprising that it's the best deck. And it just makes you wonder if diviner of fates should be left as is. Yeah. Because it's ridiculously good. <laughs> and it's been strong for, three sets now since it came out it was like the best card the best right. deck and it continues to do that so we'll see if there's any changes after I remember this playing tournament. against it when it first dropped and being like "Ooh, that card feels a little too good and now here mm-hmm. we are like months later the biggest tournament in the format and it's you know unchanged and still everywhere <laughs> yeah except for the fact that in our uh i guess our top eight had a, had a good amount of it but spoiler alert, it doesn't win, and it doesn't even get to the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, right. Yeah. So that's that's one thing about it that that kind of pushes towards the oh, it's not going to get get it, it won't get banned, but it it won't get um, rebalanced. Even though I still think it's it's just ridiculous. Um, as we're looking at these decks, uh, I want to, again, highlight another one of my grievances, my uh, something that bolts my bird. Um, it may be the last thing. I, I'm hoping it's the last thing that bolts my bird. Um, <laughs> what the actual fuck is wrong with wizard websites and not showing you previews for alchemy cards? Like, <laughs> this is a alchemy tournament. You're forcing me to care about alchemy, but you won't let me look at a deck list that has all the cards in it what on the official magic.gg website where it breaks down every deck from the tournament and shows you they show you all the cards that that are i don't know regular standard set cards you can mouse over them and it gives you a little picture and then there's another section that just says other and it's every card that's in alchemy that isn't it's like been changed for alchemy and you can't mouse over it it gives you no preview and you have no idea what it does uh it makes it extremely irritating to look at decks and try to decipher what's going on because the creatures are not in the creature slots the planeswalkers aren't in their slots or i guess maybe they are there aren't any i don't know there are alchemy planeswalkers anyway it's just like yes a big one there's yeah Tasha. Uh, I forget. The, it's the oh, D players are going to boo for yeah. forgetting this. Um, but it's just like yeah, I was saying the Esper one though, because like uh, yeah, Tasha, yeah, either one of those. Um, but it's like come on, oh, right. of, of the hideous laughter. Yeah, like I can't, I I can't with this. I this is where so. You might understand my headspace coming into this episode being like, I'm kind of upset about this tournament, but it'll be fine. I'm going to look at some decks and do some stuff. Trying to look at decks. Can't fucking look at decks either. Okay, well, what the fuck am I supposed to... Sorry, I'm I'm cursing a lot, but uh, you might not... Often, Jeff and I I try our best to uh, be as positive as possible and not not get really peeved, but this might be the closest way. (laughs) I'm like, I'm getting getting mad. (laughs) 
get a little mad. <laughs> get worked anyway, up over here. Get um, a little worked up. Yeah, we also try to be honest, though, because if we were just hyper-positive about everything, then you would know that we're that's just what we're doing, and, and you can't take any of it. So I guess occasionally we have to really dislike something so that yeah. when we're high on stuff, people can know where we actually liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I noticed that, too. I actually tried to look at the deck lists when they were published before the tournament. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, the alchemy cards don't work on your alchemy tournament Turn- page for deck lists. Come on. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, Why are you making this so hard to like? Especially uh, since those are the only cards I didn't know. Everything exactly. else, I'm like, I know what this card does. I don't need a picture of this card. I need to know what, like, Kaleem does because it has eight, you know, it has, like, every a deck. novel yeah. of text on it. It has a scroll I, bar. it's in every deck. <laughs> like, yeah. And I've never played it mm. or against it. So it'd be nice to be able to read that, Wizards. Uh, or Tasha. Like, I don't know. what I don't remember what Tasha does. I haven't played against it or with it. Um, it doesn't mill. That's what I know so it doesn't that mill. That was just, like, laughable. It was it's, just a laughable start for me. It sounds like for you it was, like, the cherry on top yeah, of, it like, was, frustrations yeah. about the event. For me it was like, oh, we're off to a, a classic wizard start of, like, weird tech problems prevent that should be, like, literally trivial to fix but they just won't fix it yeah i'm yeah that, I, I also observed that but just at the other end of the spectrum so for me it was kind of like just a chuckle a shake your head like classic i'm gonna have to like open a separate tab and google the cards that are in this person's deck <laughs> yeah and i was like fuck that no way uh i can't um so uh Jeff, I, I know like, you I'll wanna... just read them during the match. <laughs> <laughs> nope, can't do that either because you can't mouse over it. <laughs> we don't have to keep diving into that, but uh, I'm sure everyone's so excited to hear us complain about everything. Um, but it's one of those episodes. Um, Jeff, do you want to talk about the, the second uh, biggest deck that, that came into this? And, and what probably everyone's going to play after this because it's the one that uh, you know did really well. Okay, so you want to talk about the best deck yeah. of all time. Yes, um, and the one that you like the most and, you know, uh, <laughs> all, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know if we actually mentioned it. Esper midrange was eight players, so that's like 25% of the field. But there was also, there was like Esper control and then Esper aggro, and they were all sort of the same. They were all Diviner of Fates mm-hmm. decks. Um so we could kind of lump that all in. It's probably pushing like 40% of the metagame, uh, just Esper. Um, but the deck that you're alluding to is Rakdos Sacrifice. Uh, four players brought that, so 12.5%. Um, and I was actually surprised to see quite a bit of variation in the deck lists. So it wasn't all like the same deck, um, which I, as a, as a Rakdos Sacrifice aficionado, appreciated. Um, but this deck, you know, should be, it's the other sort of talk of the tournament because of the four players that played it, three of them made the top four. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this may have been the right deck to bring to this event. Uh, it seems like the Esper matchup must be good. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, like with small tournaments like this, this doesn't mean that Rakdos is better than Esper. It just means that 
these people built their decks knowing that Esper was going to be half the field and got paid off for that kind of thing. But yeah, I love this archetype. It's also a bit, it's not super surprising because, you know, I, I don't think our listeners have to listen to me talk about uh, sanguine brushstrokes uh, any more <laughs> than I already have. But uh, that to me, that in terms of raw power level, that's like, close to diviner of fates i think diviner of fates is just a more like raw power level card but sanguine brushstrokes is is up there and so you know making a deck that tries to take the most advantage of what the second best card in alchemy makes sense to me this one just seems it, it seems like the deck that i never i'm never great at playing but always lose to and uh, I, I tend to get really frustrated. I did have a question for you, though, and this isn't specifically about this tournament or alchemy, but Shieldred has been popping up in a lot of different places and in these decks. Um, how do you feel about that? So I've thought about this because I knew that this was going to come up. <laughs> I have to admit that I was... Um, so I don't want to say I was wrong because I said that Shieldred was overrated, which I still mm -hmm. think is true. But I will admit that I was under I was underrating Shieldred. Okay. All right. So I think Shieldred is better than I thought it was when I was talking about it, but I still think it's a bit overrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like some of these decks that have like two copies and stuff. Uh, when people get like really berserk about it, and it's like their main game plan. It seems like too much to me, um, but uh, but it has been popping up in a lot of places. And um, I mean, to me personally, just from a Vortho standpoint, I really like having one of the Praetors be a big deal and not just like your single copy oh, yeah. of, of Vorinclex in your uh, ultimatum deck, but um, having it be, you know, kind of more of the metagame is, is kind of nice. But I still think I'm kind of on the same side as you that um, I was rating it. F I might have been rating it a little bit higher than you, but that's mainly because I like cards that don't cost very much. And so because the mana cost was lower, I was more interested. Um, mm -hmm. But I think we'll settle into a place where we'll be. It's going to come down in the community and you're coming up. And I think you kinda, you're kind of you're going to meet in the middle because. I don't think you were too, too far off, but um, I have been waiting to talk to you about uh, I think, that. I think, like, everything I said about the card is still true. I still believe that, mm -hmm. you know, that it's, like, it's just a fatty. Um, it gets... The only incremental value it gets you is maybe two damage if you play it when they're tapped out. Mm -hmm. And then if they remove it right away, you, you were at a loss on mana. Like, all that stuff is still true. I think I was just underrating... Um, just how good it is when you can't kill it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, that it's two just, damage life swing each way every turn is a lot. Plus attacking um, four or five death touch is hard to... Yeah, and then, like, there's small stuff that goes on top of it. Mm -hmm. Like, people just draw cards, so this yeah. ends up doing more than the one drawing a card per turn. Um, I guess now's a reasonable time, since we're talking about Rakdos Sacrifice, to bring up, you know... Sam, uh, Sam, yeah. Rolf won the event. Congratulations, Sam. Yay, um, Sam. And his sideboard plan in 
the finals, which was a Rakdos sacrifice mirror match, woohoo, um, <laughs> against uh, Kisuke, um, was to side up to four Shieldred. And I will say that Shieldred is a house in the Rakdos sacrifice mirror match because the deck doesn't play a lot of removal that can kill it. Like, it really mm-hmm. relies on Voltage Surge. And then it plays, like, a couple of things that can actually kill Shieldred. Like Infernal and Grasp and stuff Shieldred, like that. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the the finals was kind of all about Shieldred holding Infernal Grasps, like, doing your best not to use them on anything else. Um, and, like you know, some players got into trouble because they would hold that infernal grasp and the shieldred never came. And then they just had a infernal grasp in their hand all game that they really should have played earlier. Like, so I think he identified that, uh, Sam did that like shieldred's very, very good in the mirror match. And he might've expected more Rakdos sacrifice than was there, but it showed up for him in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but against a deck like Asper, I don't know, I felt Shieldred pretty underwhelming because they have so many ways to kill it that you're probably, at best, getting two damage and trading down on mana. So, you know, it's it's one of those cards that, again, like, yeah, five toughness is a lot. So, again, if you're relying on red-based removal, sure, it's, it's, it's amazing. But black removal kind of laughs at it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Rakdos Sacrifice finals mirror match was really interesting i'm i'm like fine with rakdos being a good deck because like you said or or maybe just sort of hinted at like rakdos sacrifice i don't want to say it's like a super hard deck to play or anything i I think it's just like you you have to practice with it Mm -hmm. like i've played so much of it that i think i pilot it fairly well but so, you know, that that's what I mean, that it can't be that hard if I can play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it does take a lot of practice because, like, I mean, Anvil is just a tough card to play optimally. And uh, so is Experimental Synthesizer. That's one of the hardest cards I've ever played with because it's like you're using the mana to play it and you can only play what you drew off at this turn. And it happens so often that you're like, you have three mana and you're like, do I play the synthesizer to try to hit a land? Do I um, like play it and risk hitting a three drop that I can't cast or hitting my Shieldred that mm-hmm. I can't cast now? Like, it's a very difficult card to play. And the deck is so much about incremental advantage that like the minor mistakes you make in these playing these cards probably make the difference between winning and losing. Um, which is what I like about it. Uh, but it also explains why in the hands of like the best players on arena who have practiced a lot that it kind of bubbled to the top mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it's, it's like the uh, brainstorm effect, right? When you yep. give the best players brainstorm, uh, it looks busted. But when you give, when you give Me. us ordinary Joe's brainstorm, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, wow, this card stinks. Um, do anything. It just like locked me out of no. It locked me out of the excitement of my draw step for two turns. Yeah. Thanks, brainstorm. Thanks, brainstorm. <laughs> um, no, I agree with that. I, I think my biggest thing with, I mean, definitely experimental synthesizer is difficult to use because um, I'm almost always snapping off just trying to look for a land. Um, but, uh, most of the time I just 
don't add right because there are so many different things that ping off so many other things um that it's just it's it's a lot oh yeah it's pretty mathy too mm-hmm. which it's, is why i like yeah it. which is why you like it dr math and uh <laughs> and i like just turning things sideways which is usually how i go um so uh oh yeah i win a lot of games with this deck without ever attacking so mm-hmm. which <laughs> it just sounds so dull to me um because I'm usually the one... Except maybe like Voldaren Epicure turn two attack on the play kind of thing. Yeah. Get in one, baby. Get in for one. That's the reason That's I'm going to win. Um, which sometimes <laughs> does happen, which sucks. Uh, man. But um, so I, I would I would suggest uh, th- you'll see a lot of... I was going to say you're going to see a lot of Rakdos midrange and um, Esper... Or sorry, Rakdos sacrifice and Esper midrange in Alchemy. But you're going to see those decks in a lot of other places too. Because they're just dominating right now. Um, in every format, standard we're seeing Esper mid-range decks. Rakdos Sacrifice is in everything that you can play on Arena, basically. You'll find a version of that. Mm-hmm. So, if Anvil is just that good a card mm-hmm. that in every format... Even, I don't think even... it's a good deck in standard, unfortunately. Um, like, you really are missing the one powerhouse that is Sanguine Brushstrokes mm-hmm. in, in Alchemy. I think it's viable in Explorer. I think it's viable in Standard, but not great. And I'm sure there. I'm sure it's a historic deck. I just haven't played any historic. But I, Anvil, the Anvil synthesizer combo is just like good enough. Mm-hmm. It's a good enough engine that uh, it's good. Although Kesuke wasn't playing synthesizer, which kind of blew my mind. Um, because like when I build these decks, I start with four synthesizer, four anvil. And Interesting. Then try to fill out the rest. Because I like synthesizer, but I'm not like I it, I don't feel like I lean on it. But that must be I I usually feel like I'm too dumb to play it sometimes. So I'm like ah. <laughs> I don't always love drawing it because I'm like ah, do I like this? It's one of those cards. It's like impossible not to make mistakes with it. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's just too complicated, and it's also a little too random. Like, you're gonna have to make the whatever play is like the highest likelihood of working out, but mm-hmm. it's not always gonna work out. I usually uh, like, which is what I like about it. Yeah, I like one drops that you can play on turn one and don't feel bad about. And that card, you you you, you could feel bad. You never play it on turn one. exactly. Actually, I have played it on turn one, but that was like a very specific circumstance where I knew that I would get the card down the line. Mm-hmm. And it gave me something for like my anvil that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Yeah, it's like one drop synthesizer, two, two drop, drop anvil. anvil. Turn three, sack the anvil, sack the synthesizer for get the a extra card. card, and get a dude, ping him. Um, I yeah. yeah, and so for me, I I always like I love turn one plays, and because that's a one drop that isn't really a turn one play. I, it goes down in my rankings yeah. as far as like how much fun I have playing it. Not as is it a good card or not? Cause I know it's good. I just like it less because I'd rather play something on turn one. Um, so just a bit, I don't want to say everyone who is in the, uh, the, the top eight, but um, we're looking at, like you were saying before, three Rakdos sacrifice decks. We have three Esper mid range decks and then an Esper control deck so that's really four Esper decks. But then the last one that I kind of want to look into a little bit is we have a domain control deck. Um, it didn't do very well in the top mm-hmm. eight. Uh, it, it made top eight and then kind of scrubbed out. 
But um, I was just surprised to see that we had any sort of domain anything in uh, alchemy. Because uh, this is something that I was kind of thinking about since we have all of these uh, these great trilands for domain decks. Um, and seeing that uh, I know Sphinx of uh, Clear Skies has made quite a few different decks. Um, which to me, it would just was a bomb in, um, in draft. And so I was like... Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is just a bomb and draft. We even saw I read it. this. It's like draft bomb, draft bomb, draft bomb. Um, but the fact that it's been it was showing up in a bunch of these constructed decks, I'm like, oh, OK, this has legs. That's cool. It was also my um, pre-release promo that I did not play with because I didn't play blue. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, it's always a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just look. Even just looking at the art, I'd probably be like, "Draft bomb, draft bomb." That's it. That's what draft bomb. Like maybe a commander card based on yeah. the art. Yeah, five five flyer, <laughs> draft bomb. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, oh, commander card. That's cool. Um, but uh, the the frequency of like uh, Sphinx of Clear Skies around here. Uh, he's playing Drag to the Bottom and Shadow Prophecy made it in, which I'm a big fan of Shadow Prophecy and draft. So seeing that in a constructed deck as well, I'm like. Fuck yeah, that's dope. Um, really happy with that. Uh, but um, but yeah, more more of these like it, it's a control deck, so I have a hard time talking about it because I'm not super great with control things. Um, but we have more of our. Um, did you say Kaleem? I, I thought his name was Callum, <laughs> but Kaleem probably makes more sense. Oh, I could I could be wrong. Uh, well. I don't know. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm sure Kaleem makes... Kaleem sounds more like a djinn than Callum. Callum sounds like your, farming, your farmer neighbor, you know, Callum. Oh, you can go get... Uh, you, you need a... Good old Callum. Yeah, good old Callum. He's got a shovel over there on his tractor. And go ask him for it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you're probably right. It is Kaleem. On the um, other hand, Kaleem sounds wise. Yeah, Kaleem sounds very wise. Um, you probably found them in a bottle or something. So uh, <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a weird deck because it's it's sort of control, but then it has this like combo of uh, leyline binding, and then when you don't care about the thing that's under the leyline binding, you hit it with your own fragment reality, and it pulls out a sphinx for you. Oh. So, it's like one of the, it almost has that um, transmogrify style mm-hmm. thing going on where your fragment realities or your, sorry, ley line binding costs like one or two mana. You hit the early threats with that. And then later in the game, it's like, yeah, have your two, two. I get my, my Sphinx on your end step kind of thing. That's pretty sick. Um, which is really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know if it's like as powerful as what some of the other decks are doing is, but I loved it. <laughs> as soon as I like, saw that that was what was going on here i was like oh okay that explains the sphinx the fragment realities like it's it's like a combo control kind of it's it's a cool well it's one of those like because when i think of a combo i think of a card or situation where like you immediately win now sphinx doesn't i know yeah yeah it doesn't immediately uh get them but so that's how I can see how you think like, oh, yeah, it's not as powerful as what the other decks are doing, um, especially when you're giving them something back. I know Reed Duke recently was talking about how giving your opponent any sort of advantage at all is a bad idea. 
And that was kind of the reason why he was saying right. that he doesn't like um, Assassin's Trophy. Um, but, and there's some Twitter debate about it. But uh, anyway, that, so this is, this is a question. Is, is this combo um, approved by Reed Duke or not? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm also a bit, I'm always a little suspicious of like a quote unquote combo, but, but of like cheating out a five drop. I'm always like, come on, it's a five drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are we cheating out five drops? Just play it. <laughs> just, just as, as your <laughs> Golgari roots, reanimator roots. Are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to get seven or eight, you know, for, to, to make me interested. Um, Although in this case, it's an instant. So mm-hmm. I do buy that that's like pretty good to end step a Sphinx. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, is, is Sphinx really the absolute best we can do if this is what we're trying here? But um, I trust, you know, the developers of this deck that, that this made sense. But I, I just wonder if they got a little too sand, like boxed in by it having, it's a domain deck. So we have to pick the domain payoff mm-hmm. as the creature we're cheating in. It's like, I feel like this combo could be getting a better creature than Sphinx of clear. Yeah. Skies. Do they just... And I know you're trying to strike that balance of like, I want to be able to play it and have it be good and not rely on always having the combo. But I feel like your combo should be a little better than a Sphinx, this, this Sphinx. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just want to play factor fiction as, as much as they can. I don't know. Yeah. Like as much as I hate to say it, like, could we have not played like Titan of industry? Oh, like that feels pretty gross. End step Titan of industry. That does sound gross. And I understand this deck is like not green, right? You would have to rebuild this deck because mm-hmm. it's, it's domain, but it's like every color except green. Um, yeah, it's but a- it depends how much you're interested in playing the Titan for realsies or relying on the combo. Yeah, maybe they're more interested in, um, you know, if the combo comes together, cool. If not, we're just going to play Sphinx like as a regular five drop. Um, I did but even like the angel with all the shield counters that makes one ones. Like, is that not better? It feels like that might be better. Uh, Angel of Sanctity, or well, that, I don't know. What's isn't that card a lot it better? Make, it has two shield counters and draws a bunch of cards. Yeah, if you if you have counters and creatures, I think I think Sphinx is a bit better if you just want card advantage that like they have to spend their turn getting rid of if they're gonna do it, as opposed to I know I guess they need two cards for this for the. I feel angel. like it's kind of close. It, I feel yeah, like it's kind of close. I can see it. I could, all right, I could see it. <laughs> Um, Even with no other creatures. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to point out that, uh, as always, my favorite thing in a sideboard is just a single island. <laughs> um, just a, a basic <laughs> island. I, I I love that. We need more people that just put lands in their um, their sideboards that are just like basics. But um, it... Oh, so I just realized, Fragment Reality, by the way, it has to be lesser mana value, and Leyline Binding has mana value 6. So it has to be a 5 drop. Gotcha. Uh, so that was something I was thinking might have been going on, but I couldn't look at Fragment Reality to decide or figure that out because of this. Of course. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I totally agree with you what lands in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Rolf actually had that. He had a land mm-hmm. in the sideboard, mm-hmm. and he sided it in uh, in... Uh, in the mirror match because he just didn't want to get mana screwed. Look at that. Um, see, earlier we were talking about just getting screwed sometimes. Um, there's some just uh, 
non-games, well, here you go. That's why you do it. Um, yeah, and I will say, like, you know, to our point about non-games and magic being a bit of a bummer, like, the actual last game of this event was a non-game where Keisuke just drew all lands and Sam drew, like, the, the nuts. The nuts. I think Keisuke had, like, to sack his own anvil to itself to make a 1-1 to sack to his Obnixilisk. That was, like, his play. Mm. And then Sam just killed both Obnixilis and then played, like, a bunch of... I think three. I think he might have played three Sanguine Brush Strokes. Oh, jeez. Um, two Anvil just, like, just, like, dunked on him. <sighs> yeah, but there's no way. The, the game before it was really good, but that game in particular was, like, really, it's kind of, like, the ultimate showdown in the game, and it's just, like, Kisugi's just, like, they're both just smiling, because it's, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I, mean, I guess Kisuke won 20 grand still, so he's probably yeah. not too upset, but... Um, it is one of those things that, like, the beginning... Like, you, you expect the game two to be kind of like that. Um, not necessarily game three, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think they both mulled to six. They both had to keep, and then Sam drew better. And that's not to take anything away from Sam. He played amazing the whole yeah. match, uh, from what I could tell. So, it's like... Um, just kind of a bummer that they had such a good back and forth, like three matches and the the very last game that decides it all is kind of like a shoulder shrug uh well i think a lot of this uh event kind of felt like a shoulder shrug to me so fairly fitting yeah i think th that's the best way to describe it mm -hmm. like it felt like a, it wasn't it just felt like it was like a tier two event yep you know it didn't feel like the arena championship mm -hmm. That is like, you know, the, the yearly the best of the best, like yeah. $30,000 prize. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it just felt like, you know, if, if I tuned into like a random tournament that I found on Melee that had like, and it's like, oh yeah, it has like 30 people playing, you know, they're just having fun playing some alchemy. That's weird, but okay, they decided to play alchemy. Mm -hmm. Ah, oh, they're having some technical issues. Like, that's what this felt like, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, makes sense. Uh, I like what they're trying to do, but, uh, you know, support an up-and-coming tournament organizer, but this was obviously a flop bit. Uh, they only got 30 players. They only, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not like, oh, I get to tune in and watch the best of the best compete. Mm -hmm. But I do want to end it with something positive. Okay, give us something positive, uh, Jeff. So for those who don't know, um, what they did with this event was they made an event on Arena where you get to play the decks of one of these players. And I think that was a really good idea. So... Um, Basically, I think the event, like, they made it a competitive event to qualify for the next one. I like that idea. I still think they should have done, like, a, hey, like, play the best player's decks, and it's cheap, and, like, anyone, you know, you just jump in and do it. But I like where their mind's at, where the tournament is. You get to play the decks before the tournament happens, before, like, the arena tournament happens, you get to choose which deck you like and you get to change your deck between rounds like you get to pick the their decks and then play with it mm -hmm. i think that was a really good idea i think they could expand upon it by not making it solely for competitive players um 
because what they made it into was like a qualify for the next one idea, which I think is cool. But I think it'd be if you want more engagement, you should you should they should have made it like free or like 500 gold or something. Maybe have both versions and they should have made it that you can pick any one's deck. But uh, I really did like that event. I played at it and I had fun with it. And so I thought that was just a really nice idea that's like, hey, just pick one of their decks and take it for a spin. And at the added touch that you're allowed to change between rounds, because in competitive events, you're not normally allowed to do that. It was mm-hmm. nice because maybe I want to maybe I want to try as many decks as possible. Yeah. Uh, no, that seemed super Spoiler, cool. I did not. I just played Sam Rolf's deck the entire time. Uh, so, But then th- that was what I was going to say. Because I played Sam's deck, I was like rooting for Sam in the mm-hmm. tournament. Um, if I had been able to like watch more of it in the finals, I would have been like, yes, yeah, Sam. But I was like checking the results. Like, Sam's winning again. Like, cause, So Sam had a bad limited start. And then he just uh, rattled off Alchemy. Um, sort of similar to like uh, Utah's mm-hmm. uh, world's win, where lost uh, the first few and then just just rattled off, just was unbeatable with with their deck. Um, but because I, you know, I liked Rakdos Sacrifice, that Sam Rolf's deck was the one they chose as the Sat Rakdos Sacrifice. Like they tried not to put multiple of uh, different the same, the same archetype. archetype. Yeah. And so I was playing Sam's deck the whole time. And then when I was watching the tournament, I was like, yeah, go Sam. Like, you know, we we played the same deck, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. See, yeah. and the thing is, like, I didn't know that this event was happening until you had sent me something that, like, oh, I was doing this thing. And I knew that there was a surprise invitational, or not invitational, but play-in event. But they didn't tell anyone what it was until, like, the day it happened. And... Or, or maybe it was... Yeah, or the day before, day before, I think before I got something. an email. Yeah. And, like, I I see that, that that's cool to... Like, obviously, because they don't know or anything, but, like, they could have told people, hey, the Arena Championship is happening soon. There's going to be an event where you can play some of the decks. Like, that's all you have to say. And then people can get excited. Like, right. that's... The, yeah, I don't know what the secrecy is about it. What's but. that about? Were they did they have a different idea or what? What like maybe they were like, hey, it's going to be where you can play their decks, but currently our website isn't working. You can't like see the alchemy cards, so we want to fix that before we. Oh, for it. sure, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like look at the deck. <laughs> that, that, that's definitely what it was. God, um, but that is super that is cool. why I was looking at them. I saw the event and I was like, let me go check out these decks that I'm allowed to play. Mm-hmm. And then none of the alchemy cards worked. And I was That's like, it. okay, how am I supposed to pick <laughs> which deck go. I want to play? Um, I'll just pick the Rakdos Sacrifice deck then. It's smart. Um, you know what those cards do. Uh, but that is awesome. And I do love it when, like, I love it when Worlds comes around. That's coming up in a couple uh, weeks. Uh, where you could play their, the world's decks. So keep an eye out for those things because um, I really think that those events are awesome. And I'm, you know, I do agree with you that it's fun when those those uh, events are for newer players or for anybody. But I am happy that they do have a little bit more weight ones as well, uh, where you can uh, actually qualify with. I would like to, for them to have both mm-hmm. because if it's like a low gold, low reward thing, I probably wouldn't have played it mm-hmm. personally. But also, I think you're trying to, like, pull in people into the alchemy universe. 
That's like, you know, what they're trying to do with this event. And this only pulls in, like, I'm not even, I'm still not interested in Alchemy. I just mm-hmm. was curious in, of playing like a competitive event. Exactly. So I don't know if it fulfilled what they were looking for. I think they should probably have like both versions. This one is like, hey, qualify yourself for the mm-hmm. arena championship. Or like, hey, like, test out the arena decks, you know, the arena like, championship decks without crafting the cards for like a low price. entry cost. Because I'm the player that would like to do the, the chill one, where it's like a midweek magic kind mm-hmm. of like free to f- feels free event. Um where I could just try the decks out and just like tr- play all of them and be like, oh, I played all the decks. That was a lot of fun and I know more um, as opposed to a uh, competitive tournament. So, or not tournament, but event. But anyway, uh, I'm really happy they did that though. It just feels like they can give more spotlight to it. I need to give... Yeah. There, You can do cool things, Wizards, and there's cool stuff you are doing. Get, just, just, there's, a, there's some... It's a little disjointed, it's, and it always ha- has those issues. Um, yeah, that, exactly. It doesn't quite fit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, close. And I just you know wanted to reiterate again, like the the playing the deck and then rooting for that player effect was real. So mm-hmm. that just another reason to have, get as many people in on it as possible, where they can be like, oh, I like this deck. Then they might tune in and see how that player is doing of the yeah. deck that they were playing, right? So exactly, I think that's awesome. I really like that. And if I knew more about that beforehand, I probably would have been more invested. Um, but uh, I was also shooting movies, so this one snuck up on me. Anyway, Jeff, let's go to last call. Well, nobody was playing like a Aura's deck, so of course not. Why would they? Yeah. Just kidding. It, oh, it wasn't <clears> an option. So. Shoda did draft Ivy, <laughs> went two and one with the deck, but it looked like it, there was a possibility that Shoda was going to get three zero with 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 Ivy, and that was a big part of the plan was playing. Yeah, but, playing but Shoda spells. going three zero with something means nothing about the the quality of those. The cards. whole game plan <laughs> was flyers, pump spells. Ivy is both of those things. So not a pump spell, sorry, but it cares about it. Yeah, but Shoda probably could have taken that deck into the alchemy portion and still done relatively well. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know that that means that Ivy is That's because Ivy's really good. <laughs> it confirms that Shoda is good. I'll agree with that. Shoda made the top eight. Anyway, um, Jeff, let's go to last. I'm actually really impressed with Shoda now if he can play Ivy and, and actually win. So... I'll show you one day. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's go to last call. Let's talk about some beers and then get this show wrapped up. Um, let's run through the list really quickly. As always, we rate our beers on a scale of bronze to mythic. Uh, this has nothing to do with the tiers you are currently in. It's just a fun way to rate beers. So don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. We hate them. You have to pour them in the drain or down the drain and get them away from your mouth as fast as possible. Yeah. Silver beers are just kind of boring. Um, macro brews tend to fall in this category. Gold beers are fine, but you don't really think about them. Platinum beers are good. They're solid. Uh, you'd probably drink them again. Diamond beers are exceptional. You really like them. You buy them often and you bring them to your friends at parties. And mythic. These of course are the best of the best. 
these is like, you know, there's only a few of these that you have at any time. You're always thinking if you see that beer, boom, it's uh, you're grabbing it. You might uh, you might even drive to a neighboring county to pick up your beer. Woohoohoo. And with that, Jeff, do you have yeah. a beer that you've uh, chosen for this evening? The winner for you? I think so. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Coastal, Coastal wave. wave. Mm. We're on track today. I like when we're in sync. Um, yes. We had all the same complaints about the <laughs> tournament, and now we picked Perfect. the same beer. Ah, we're just right there. You know, three weeks out, we're still in. We're still in it. Um, all right, right, Jeff, do you want to start us off talking about Coastal Wave from Lost Craft, their West Coast, East Coast IPA? Um, yes. Uh, it's good. I liked it. Um, uh, again, like, you know, we always talk about this with like tasting, but I wonder how much you telling me at the last minute that it's a West coast, East coast hybrid is the idea behind the spear. Cause I actually didn't read that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how much that affected how I'm tasting it, but it does taste like that. Like you do get elements of both. Um, it has that kind of like West coast sort of like grapefruit um, is what they have here. Like when grapefruits in beer, it's not actually grapefruit. I forget what it actually is, but it has that citrus aspect to it that West coast beers tend to have. And then it definitely has the, the juicy haziness going on of an East coast. And uh, I just thought it was really tasty. I think they, that they hit that balance. Well, to me, if you had to choose, it's like leaning East coast, but uh, still has the, the nice citrusy uh, nose to it and everything. This was just a, a good beer. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you said. Uh, I'm interested in whatever you're talking about, about what they put in that makes it taste like grapefruit, but it's not, in fact, grapefruit. That is exciting. Um, so get back to me on that whenever you know. But um, yeah, this felt like a really nice marriage between the two coasts. And uh, I really like this. I think... You know, I didn't have super high hopes with this. Maybe I didn't have super high hopes for a lot of things this episode, but uh, I'm going to give this a diamond. I really liked <laughs> this beer. Um, I'm probably going to go get more. Yeah, I was thinking diamond for this as well. Um, and I, I I was in line with you where I was mm-hmm. thinking that uh, I wasn't expecting much from this beer, which also sort of probably has an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I forget, the fact that we just said diamond... And like we're talking about our beer system and all that, it and how uh, like the tier you're in does not uh, describe like your quality of player. Mm-hmm. It just made me think of so in the finals they do these bios right like in the whole tournament they do the bio they're like win percentage in this format number of games played or whatever. So they did the bio for the finals, and it was like best constructed rank on arena like or the way they said it was really interesting i think it was highest constructed finish or something it's like kesuke Mm -hmm. sato like fourth Mm -hmm. and you know like and then all of his stats and it's like sam rolf diamond (laughs) 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 best constructed finish fourth and then diamond, diamond. <laughs> it's like, sam just doesn't play the ladder like. yeah 
<laughs> and you're like, sick man. Dude, and he won the whole tournament, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so everyone, you know, <clears throat> if you're sitting there like, I've never made Mythic, that sucks. Like, don't worry, neither has Sam. Yeah, Sam <laughs> didn't do it either. And he won the Arena Championship. Look at that. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I love that. That's so good. Another reason why the Arena Rat. Another reason why the arena ladder um, is just a fun place to be, but uh, don't put too much weight in it, I think. I love that, though, because he either qualified through limited, finishing top whatever on the limited ladder, mm-hmm. or he qualified with some other means that just didn't ladder up, right? Yeah, so I, think like... that's, I think that was the case. <laughs> some other tournament or something. Um, that's so funny. I love it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Diamond for Coastal Wave, Sky Bison. Jeff, what do we think about this beer? I also liked this. I thought it was pretty solid. It's good. I like um, it. When when I finished drinking it, I assumed this was going to win, maybe because of the aforementioned low expectations for the other beer, mm-hmm. which, again, I don't know why. Maybe it's the can. It's got to be the can. But we both just like looked at it, and we're like, it's probably not good. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what... Uh, what made that happen but uh no sky bison's pretty solid like um it's a good american pale ale i'd say Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna i i agree i (laughs) it's so funny everything you said i drank this i was like this one's gonna win um and then (laughs) tasted the other one i was like actually i don't know um so yeah this is i actually don't think it was a diamond when i was drinking it uh, but it's very solidly uh, platinum for me. Yeah, this is like a definite platinum. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, pretty good platinum, too, pretty, where yeah. I was like, the other beer is probably, also, probably like low platinum, so this is going to win, was kind of my expectation yeah. for how it would go. I think I'll have to go and pick up some more of these because I originally had more in my cart, and I was like, you know what? I don't need to buy that much beer, and I only grabbed one of each. I should have bought more. Uh, so I'll, I'll go yeah. back and do that rookie mistake always with the rookie mistakes over here uh anyway that's gonna do it for us uh it is now closing time get it done uh you can always find us at the arena regulars on twitter and instagram uh not the arena regulars just at arena regulars uh, yeah, you can also find us on Arena occasionally under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. Unfortunately, that account has made it to Mythic, so it's unlikely to win the next Arena Championship. That's right, yeah. Um, if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at uh, Zulberg, that's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Uh, the best place to contact me is on our Discord. That's right, the Arena Regulars. We have our own Discord. We love to throw decklists around. We love to chat. And we love to, well, actually, I was going to say we love to complain, but I don't think we really complain on there. We don't. We mainly, um, if you, uh, we talk a lot about when people trophy and we like to celebrate each other whenever you're in an event and win. So that's how I knew that Jeff did well in that tournament and qualified for, um, uh, whatever the next thing you're qualifying for, I guess I don't exactly know what it is, but um, <laughs> but I was really happy to be like, hey, that's how I found out about that event. Hey, you won the thing. That's so exciting. As always, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify and iTunes and any place you can leave a review. We'd love that. Um, come to our Discord channel. That's probably the best place to find us. But, uh, you know, if you want as we said before, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, But the reviews help us a lot. It actually brings us um, 
uh, through the analytics, it, it helps our podcast be seen by more people. And so, yeah, we just love the help. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that just because Rakdos dominated the event doesn't mean you shouldn't play Diviner of Fates. Good night. All right, that's fine.